want you to go ahead and do that because um, when I get to rolling, I'm going to move right into this. And I'm kind of just going to drop. <laughs> I don't have a long intro is what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to go right into this because I got a lot to give you in a short period of time. And so I need you to roll with me on tonight. Amen. All right. All right. Um, everybody say talk less. Say more. Come on, everybody say talk less. Say more. Um, okay. So let me kind of set this up. Um, I was going to be talking about uh, inefficiencies within our life. And one of the major inefficiencies that I saw in the life of someone who struggles with being flossing, one of the major inefficiencies is the fact that sometimes we don't know how to get our mouths under control. <laughs> I, I love your response. Amen. Uh, because the reality is that um, we're in a generation now where you can say what you want, when you want, however you want to say it, and everybody just got to deal with the consequences that will come out your mouth. And a lot of times we don't realize that it's the words that are coming out of our mouth that are framing our world. And it's framing it in a negative way and don't even realize you are just self, you're just, you have a self-fulfilled prophecy that is coming out of your own mouth. And so I started to pray about this thing, and, and some of this is going to be very personal for me, and I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to come back to it and go back. But I want you to, to kind of go with me on this ride. Everybody say, uh, 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 talk less, say more. Okay, talk less, say more. All right. Pastor, how do you talk less and say more? So glad you asked me. Write this down. Here's number one. Told you I had a long intro. Number one. You have to say what you got to say. You have to talk in love. Amen. Are we there? Thank you. We have to talk in love. Everybody say in love. In love. All right. Ephesians 4, verse number 15. Come on, let's read it together. Read it like you've grown. Read. Uh, instead, speaking the what? Truth in love. Underline that. Speaking the truth in love. Catch this. We will grow to become in every respect the mature, underline mature, body of him who is the head that is Christ. Okay? Uh, let's have real talk on tonight. We tend to think that our conversation should consist of just keeping it real. But what I've discovered and what we need to learn, body of Christ, people that believe in God, people that say they are saved, um, keeping it real or giving truth never gives license to be rude. Okay, I ain't got an honest church. Honesty never gives way to tact. So just the fact that you want to keep it real doesn't mean it gives you all of a sudden a license to be rude. Now I'm noticing that in order for us to be real, we have to move over into rude. And God never called you to be real and rude at the same time. Because who is going to receive what you got to say when you give it in such a rude way? That just rhymes. Watch this. But look at this connection in this text to speaking truth and maturity. Catch this. The text says that if you're going to speak truth in love, what will happen? We will become in every respect mature. Watch this. 
um, your ability to give and receive truth shows your maturity level. Because only mature people know how to give and receive truth at the same time. Watch this. Okay, okay. Spiritually immature people can be easily deceived because they will believe lies over the truth. Because maturity and truth go hand in hand. Watch this. The more truth you get, the more mature you become. Let me change that. The more truth you receive, the more mature you become. Um, you know what we do in church now? When the pastor be preaching or you hear a word, oh, that ain't for me. Or here's what we do, not you, but your neighbor. Um, what your neighbor does is they can hear a word and they will apply the word to everybody else they don't like. But never think that word applies to them. And what Paul is saying is you're showing how immature you really are in those moments. Because maturity says I can receive and give truth at the same time. Watch this. So the more truth you have, the more mature you become. Catch this. No wonder our relationships never go anywhere. Because we have an inability to speak truth to one another. We don't like to tell each other the truth. You booed up, but you lying. And so we don't grow because where there's no truth, there's no growth. Just a bunch of lies. Here we go. And then you got the nerve to talk about people are fake. Come here. I was in your conversation. The Lord dropped me down in that conversation. He did. And, and I got to go ahead and I have to work this out. Most times people aren't being fake. You know what I've discovered? Most times they aren't being fake. They just can't tell you the truth. They ain't fake. They just can't tell you the truth. Because here's what I've discovered. Sometimes they can't tell you the truth because they already know you can't handle it. So people only tell you what they think you can handle now. Mm, okay, watch this. Paul says, but you got to speak the truth in love. He's talking about speak truth. Watch this. Not just speak truth, but you got to speak it what? In love. Here we go. He's talking about self-sacrificial love that works for the benefit of the loved one. So because I, I, I love you, I will sacrifice if you reject me or if you accept me to speak the truth in love. See, I don't walk around scared of what I'm going to say. Watch this. Because if I'm going to speak it in love, I love you so much that I will run the risk of you, watch this, rejecting or accepting what I got to say. And if I can't run the risk, then that shows there's a love problem somewhere in there. Because real love tells the truth. Okay. What, what is the purpose of speaking truth? We speak truth, watch this, in order to build up. Ephesians 4, verse number 29. Come on, let's read it together. Read. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Underline that, but only what is helpful for building others up according to my needs, to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Why? Because love 
builds. Love builds. If I love you, I'm going to do everything to build you up, not tear you down. So I will not use my words to tear you down. All of us have relationships with people that we know to say the right thing at the right moment to press their button. And God's word is saying that is not true love. Because love is going to build you up, not try to tear you down. Okay? Watch this. This is why we are so emotionally damaged from people in our past. Because the words they used against us tore us down. And God is trying to show us that if we build others up according, watch this, not to my needs, but to their needs. Not to how I want to say it, but how they need to, how they're, how they're going to receive it. So I have to make sure that I put my words in a place that is not what fits me. Oh, I can keep it real. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Everybody ain't just saying people. You might can handle it, and then you can't. That's the lie you tell yourself. Because then when we do say it, then you get mad, and you walk away, and now you don't cut, you don't cut out the relationship, and I ain't talking to them no more because they just said it, because you said you could handle it. Be careful what you ask for. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He said, according to their needs, not my preferences. Well, this is just how I talk. Okay, boo. It's not based upon your needs. Touch your neighbor. Say this real nice because they don't like me right now. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not about you. Why? Because the text says it's for the benefit of those who listen. Not to your benefit, but to the benefit of those who listen. So my question becomes, watch this. God said this to me. I need you to hear this. Do you want your conversation to benefit or to bind? Because some of our words are binding people up and ain't benefiting nobody. Do you want your words to benefit or do you want them to bind? Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, so the first thing you got to do, if you're going to talk less and say more, you got to number one, you got to what? Talk in love. Okay, here we go. Here's number two. You're going to talk less and say more. You got to. Listen. Everybody say listen. Listen. Listening is one of the easiest things you'll ever do and one of the hardest. Listening is easy. Hearing isn't so easy. See, it doesn't demand the initiative and energy required in speaking. Okay, let me, let me break down, that down. See, when you speak, that requires initiative. It requires energy. Listening means, you missed it. Uh, speaking requires energy. It requires initiative. Listening means, how are you listening with your mouth still open? Who's listening? You talking over me. You didn't hear nothing I just said. Watch this. Because you're trying to formulate a response. You're trying to respond to something I didn't even say yet. Because you think you know where I'm going. You ever talk to people where they think they know what you're about to say? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Okay. This is why. Let me go spiritual just for a minute. That's why. Watch this. I want you to. You've heard this scripture over and over again, but I don't think you've taught it. That's why the Bible says faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. 
okay? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, okay? Catch this. Hearing is easy. So faith, if it comes by hearing, is nothing you did. You got faith just because you heard. You sat there in the pew. Why I got to come to church? Because I got some of my members right now on social media looking at me. Why I got to come to church? Because faith comes by hearing. It means you didn't have to do nothing in order to get the faith. You just had to sit there and listen. Let me prove it to you. How many times have you been in church and all you did was, okay, I love it. I love y'all. Let me, let, me, let me be pastor just for a minute. I know I'm on live, so I'm going to monitor what I say. Let me be pastor. How many times y'all came to church and sat there with your arms folded, mad because of what's going on in your life, mad at the world, mad at somebody in church, upset about this, that, and the other, and you sat there saying, I ain't going to praise today, I ain't going to do nothing, I'm just going to sit here with my arms folded, don't nobody say nothing to me, don't nobody mess with me, I'm just, I'm here. And that word kept working on you, and I told you to touch your neighbor 17 times, and after that 16th time, after a while, your wall started breaking down. You know why? Because faith comes by hearing. You ain't have to do nothing. You just had to receive it this is why you come to church because faith comes by hearing the problem is that y'all think faith comes by doing so you keep trying to do in order to have faith and God is saying faith comes by hearing catch this stay with me just for a minute watch this so the point that is hearing is easy, that faith is not, an, is not an expression of our activity, but our receiving of the activity of another. That is why being in church to listen to the word of God gives you faith. Faith does not only come through your activity, but it comes through the word. So when I tell you to touch your neighbor, it's because I'm trying to get you some faith. With your mean self. I'm trying to get you some faith. You sitting up here crazy as you want to be. Life is having its way with you. You got demons on your job. Family acting crazy. And you mad because I asked you to touch your neighbor. Get your mind right, boo. You got too many bigger other problems to deal with. You need some faith in here. Touch your neighbor and tell him you need some faith. You mad because I told you to touch your neighbor? Are you serious? But James says, watch this, the character of the Christian must be, I didn't, I don't, this is not on your page, but write this down. James 1, verse number 19, you've heard this many times before. James 1, verse number 19, read this later. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James says, the character of the Christian is that you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. What's the problem? The problem is we slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to anger. Have you ever been mad at somebody and you're trying to get the situation straight and y'all going back and forth with each other? And then all of a sudden, it, 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 they say, I said that five minutes ago. Because we weren't. I just want to make sure y'all with me. Matthew 9, verse number 35 through 38. Come on, let's read this together. You ready? Read. Underline that. He had compassion on them. Start at verse number 36 one more time. When he saw the crowds, go.
The text says, when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Now, catch this. Um, obviously, he's engaging with the people, which means they are talking to him. He is, and uh, they are talking to him. He's talking to them. They're having a conversation. And the text says he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like a sheep without a shepherd. Watch this. If you are going to listen, you must listen with that word that's in the middle of that text, compassion. Compassion. This is what is missing from this generation. This is what's missing from the White House. This is what's missing from this country. This is what's missing from our officials, compassion. This is what's missing from church people, compassion. The text says he had compassion on them. After he engaged with them, after he talked to them, and they talked to him, he had compassion on them. That word compassion, watch this, means moved from within. Moved from within. You ever had a conversation with somebody and they moved you from within? I'm going to say something, but I'm on live and I can't say that. I'll tell you later what I was going to say. Just remind me. Moved from within. In other words, the conversation was so deep that it touched his heart in the middle of the conversation. What would our conversations be like if we had compassion while we were listening to what they were saying? That we were moved from within. That I, that I could understand better now what you're going through. I could understand better. Why? Because I had compassion. I moved from within. I hear you on a deeper level. Here's that, that word compassion is also where we get this term, bowels of mercy. You ever heard that before? Bowels of mercy. Um, it is a deep inner feeling for the people that he encountered. Watch this. Deeper, compassionate conversation. I'm listening to you. Watch this. Here's what it means. You ready for this? This thing messed me up. It means, uh, it doesn't mean I ask you, how you doing when I really don't care how you doing? Because we are all guilty of asking people how you doing and we really don't care. Nine times out of ten, we don't even wait for the answer. How you doing? And you done checked out right after that. That question mark meant check, check out. How you doing? And we don't even listen for an answer. Watch this. He's saying that when you listen, it's deeper than just a how you doing, and you're not listening for, for the answer. But it's, watch this, the Lord gave this to me before I came out here. This thing messed me up. He says it's interaction for intercession. What if you interacted with one another to the level that it brought you to intercession for that person? No wonder why you're still praying for you. Because the only person you got compassion on is you. So the only person you keep praying for is you. Lord, use me for real. But can I wake you up in the middle of the night with a burden for somebody else? Do you have that level of compassion where you're listening that you're moved from the inside? What would happen if, if your relationships became real enough that it was interaction for intercession? What would happen? What would happen in our churches if we got to that level? Well, I wouldn't just surface with you. Hey, you know, I'm 
Pussy, you can pass the free pussy. Okay, that's one. Hey, that's two. Oh, hey, God bless you. All right. And you skipped over somebody that's dealing with depression, and you skipped over somebody that's dealing with weariness, and you skipped over somebody that's struggling with a child, and you didn't even pick up none of that. Why? Because you were not moved from the inside with compassion. But you want the Lord to use you. Okay, here we go. Colossians 3, verse number 12. Is this helping anybody? Colossians 3, verse number 12. Come on, let's read this together. Y'all ready? Read. Clothe yourself with compassion. Now, here's the problem with, with that word compassion, okay? Let me just deal with this just for a, a little minute. This brings in, watch this, a temperament issue. Because the only way to have compassion is that our temperament has to be adjusted beyond ourselves. So here's what's going to happen in this message. Let me just forewarn you. The Lord whipped me all yesterday and today with this message. So it's time for your whipping as well. All right. He's going to whip all of us at the same time. Watch this. This thing messed me up. God help me. Compassionate people don't say things impulsively that might hurt someone's feelings. Oh, if he whipped me, he's going to whip you too. That was number one. Here's number two. You ready? Let's go to the next one that he told me. It is really hard to be compassionate and moody at the same time. How in all of heaven and earth are you going to be compassionate and moody? Your feeling range has to move beyond your mood to show compassion. Here, here we go. Compassion in the Greek, if you break down the word, um, I'm not going to give you the Greek word. I'm just going to give you what it means in English. Compassion means, here we go, empathy. Empathy. Okay. I put a video on there. Is it going to play? Okay, so go to, the next, go to the next slide. Turn it up for me. So what is empathy, and why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's, a, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions, where empathy is relevant, and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. <laughs> Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, I'm down. I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Sympathy is, ooh, <laughs> it's bad, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no. You want a sandwich? 
Um, empathy is a choice and it's a vulnerable choice because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, yeah. And we do it all the time. Because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful, and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. At least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. (laughs) John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Go to the next uh, scripture. We're going to go to it in a minute, but let me deal with that. Um, she said something that really, that really was impactful to me. Rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. Okay, watch this. How would our church grow if we had meaningful connection with one another? Not this surface stuff. How would our church grow if we had meaningful connection? Here's a struggle that I had this week, no, last couple of weeks. Um, I'll never forget one of my members came to me and, and said something about, um, and I'm just going to use it as an example, no shade on them. I just want you to hear what I got to say. I understand the bigger point. You're looking for the mess. You missed my whole point. Someone came to me and said, I don't feel connected to my deacon. And I said, why not? They said, because they don't even know my child's name. So why would I call them? when I'm going through what I'm going through. I brought all the deacons in and told them exactly what was said to me. That thing hurt me to my heart. Because I'm only one person, I can only reach so many. That's why you have other people in place to reach other people, okay? But if we don't even take the time, watch this. I, um, I, I'm gonna just use Deidre as a, Deidre's my armor bearer. I asked Deidre, I said, uh, Deidre asked me, said, what's so-and-so name? I said, why don't you know their name? How you going to walk with me and you don't know their name? What would our church look like? All these new people in here. What would our church look like if we stopped and made a deeper connection with one another? Not look them up and down to see what they got on. Not to see if they single. How would your office at work look if you had more deeper connections with the people that you work with? I know they get on your nerves. I get it. But just because they get on your nerves, does that mean all of a sudden you resist everything? You throw the baby out with the bathwater? Or do you at least try to make a deeper connection? Oh, you got cats? Oh, let me see. They so cute. Don't mean you got to like cats. You got about a cat a birthday gift. Just have a deeper connection other than high and by. It'll make the eight hours go by a whole lot quicker. Watch this. 
you have to establish a connection in listening. That's my point, right? Listening. You have to establish a connection in listening. The problem is we don't listen because we don't want to be brought into what they're saying. Let me say that one more time. We don't listen because we don't want to be brought into what they're saying. Come on, parents. Let me talk to you for a minute. Sometimes your children are not talking, in, talking to you because when they bring it to you, you give them this, this little answer real quick because you don't want to deal with what they got to say. So they shut down from speaking to you because the message you have sent them was, I don't want to hear all that. Watch this. And sometimes just because we don't understand it, we reject it. You don't, like she said, you don't have to understand it. Just say, I'm glad you told me. I don't get it, honey, but, you know, I'm glad you told me. Educate me. Everybody say connection. We don't, we, don't, we don't listen because we don't want to be brought into what they're saying. We don't want to feel what they're feeling. Watch this. So what does sympathy mean? Sympathy means I see your pain, but empathy means I feel your pain. You see the difference there? Sympathy means I see your pain. Empathy means I feel your pain. Why? Because God feels for us. God knows exactly how you feel. You don't believe me. Hebrews 4, verse number 15. Come on, let's read it together. Y'all ready? Read. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, empathy with our weaknesses. He knows what it feel like. He knows what it feel like. And because he knows what he feels like, he has, here we go, compassion on us. It is our job now to have compassion on other people. Okay? So let me give you five levels of, of listening. Five levels of listening. We're going to go through this really, really quick. First level of listening, ignoring. Ignoring. It's not listening at all or distracted while somebody talking to you. They talking, you in your phone. They talking, you looking over their shoulder. You ever done that before? Oh, I'm the master. <laughs> What'd you say, Deidre? Hmm. And then they think I'm cross-eyed. No, I ain't cross-eyed. It's not listening to you. <laughs> right? Ignoring. Number two, pretend listening. Pretend listening. Fake listening. So you're trying to convince them that you really do care about them or what they got to say. But while they're talking, what you're thinking about is what you're going to eat. Okay. All right. You make eye contact, but your brain is elsewhere. <laughs> Number three, we are masters of this, selective listening. Selective listening. You know what selective listening is? You ready for this? I'm going to just take this cheap shot and I'm going to move on. Selective listening is paying attention to the speaker as long as they're talking about the things we agree with or we like. Oh, I get up and talk about tithing? Oh, y'all going to shut down on me. Because you don't like that. You don't want me to talk about that. But let me talk about relationship. What he said? What was that point? Number four. Attentive listening. 
means you're locked in, you're making eye contact, you're paying attention. But there's one even greater than attentive listening, which is good listening. It's the last one, empathetic listening. Means you add in connection and emotion. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. The better you listen, the deeper the relationship. The better you listen, the deeper the relationship. So we're going to try this out. You ready? We're going to try this out. Here we go. Everybody stand. Go find somebody you're not standing next to or around. You ain't got to know them. Get you one person. If you don't know what their name is, ask them what, what is your name. All right, here's what I need you to do. Okay, I didn't just ask you to go ask them their name. Here is empathetic listening. You ready? Here is empathetic listening. Here is empathetic listening. You ready? Here's what you're going to do. This is empathetic listening. Ask them one question. Here we go. Ask them this question. How can I pray for you? When you have shared that, hug them, let them know you're going to be praying for them this week, and you can return back to your seat. Thank you. So watch this. Do you see how much deeper that was? You see how deeper that was? Not this surface stuff. But now you've moved to an You had to listen. When you asked that question, you had to listen now. Now here's my thing. You ready for this? Because sometimes I, we get in this tangent. I'm guilty. Invite somebody to church. Invite somebody to church. Invite somebody to church. And I'm trying to get y'all to invite somebody to church that you don't talk to nobody. Ready for this? Do you know how many people you can invite to church after you've had a conversation with them that says, how can I pray for you? Do you see how that opens the door now? Because now they realize you care more about them than just they clocked in and clocked out on your job. Does that mean we got to go to lunch? No. I don't know why y'all think it got to be so much greater than what it is. Are we BFFs now? No. Do you see how that opens the door for empathetic listening? 
All right? So let's go back to my major points, the one on the, the orange line. Number one, you got the what? Number two. Here's number three, discern. You're going to talk less and say more. You got to learn how to discern. Spiritual discernment is calling on the Holy Spirit to lead or give direction on a matter. It is how the Spirit shows the church or, or its people what God wants to do and be. There's discernment. Watch this. So there's a couple areas that discernment works in. Discernment is for discerning of gifts, spiritual gifts, uh, discerning of spirits. Is it of God, of the enemy? Dis discerning of actions, discerning of intent, and uh, the course and times that we live in. You should be able to discern the course and times that we live in, okay? And discernment is more than just a skill. Discernment is a gift from God before it's anything else. Now, hear this. I need you to understand this about discernment. Discernment is not suspicion. Some of us walk in a high level of suspicion, but no discernment. You got the answer and the, the script of everybody's life and ain't prayed to God about nothing. So they did this because of this. Really? Did you see God on that? Because God might have told you, hey, where you get that from? <laughs> oh, God don't talk to y'all like that. I'm sorry. Okay. You, 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 is it just suspicion or is it discernment? I knew she wasn't. Really? I got you. Hold on. Stay right there. I'm coming for, for that right there. You have to be careful that when you are listening and speaking with, speaking with people, that you don't have, watch this, judgment over discernment. Because they can look very similar sometimes, but they are very distinct between the two. All right? Judgment versus discernment. Let's talk about that. Judgment versus discernment. Um, Matthew 7, verse number 1 through 6. Come on, let's read this together. Read. Watch this. The, the, the text starts with saying, do not judge or you too will be judged. Okay? Judgment is to pass judgment, to sentence, to condemn, to decide, to call into question. Already determine someone's motives without any evidence. Let me say that one more time. Already determine someone's motives without any evidence. You got it all figured out. I didn't even ask that person nothing. Judgment is reactive while discernment is responsive. So I want to talk about judgment first. Let me talk about judgment. Um, how do we judge others in conversations? Watch this. Here's number one. Write this down. We con judgment condemns others. Condemns others. We condemn them. Here's the problem with condemnation or condemning people. The problem with people that condemn is that they fail to see themselves when someone else is talking to them. Mm -hmm. They are telling you about their problem, 
as if what they're going through could never happen to you. Let me say that one more time. We are quick to condemn other people because we got it fixed in our own brain that whatever they're going through, oh, that'll never happen to me. So now we sit in the seat of judgment as if we're better than somebody else. She's stupid. I would never have no baby out of wedlock. For real? For real? Maybe you just didn't get caught. Come out here, you judgment devil. I'm coming for you. So you condemn them. Here's what I've discovered. You ready for this? Don't tell me what you wouldn't do until you've been faced with the same, same temptations. Don't tell me, oh, I'd never do that. For real? It's for real. You, 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 don't, you don't know about these temptations. You don't know about these devils. These devils will wipe you out if you had them. So don't be quick to judge. Romans 14, verse number 10. Come on, let's read it together. Read. The problem with judgment is it puts you in the seat of God. Now you feel as if you can pass judgment on people. You are making yourself the judge. Okay? So, number one, it condemns others. Here's number two. Write this down. It forms opinions. Forms opinions. God helped me teach this right here. He whipped me with this one, Chantel. He whipped me with this one. Form opinions. You ready? Opinions based on perception and appearance. Opinions based on perception or appearance. God forbid somebody bring somebody of the opposite sex with them to church. All of a sudden, they with that person. That could be their cousin. But you have no clue, and you formed an opinion based upon perception and appearance. And here's what I've discovered. If your perception is negative, then you will project negativity to everything that's said to you. So they said, hi, and what you heard was, hi. Because now you are projecting your own negativity on somebody else's words. That's why when, they, when you go at them, they say, I didn't say it like that. Yes, you did. Because all you're doing is projecting your own negativity on somebody else. John 7, verse number 24. This is getting a little tight in here. John 7, verse 24. Come on, read. With righteous judgment. What I've discovered, you ready for this? What you see is not always what it appears to be. And here's the problem. The enemy is the master of making us think that someone has a problem with us. The master. Deceives us. Fall out the ministry because you think nobody on the ministry like you. Where you get that from? That's why you need discernment. Because it may not be the truth what, you, what you're saying or how you feel. You have to ask God for discernment. Okay? And I'm scared. Can I, let me say this. I'm scared of this discernment that always agrees with you. Because, you know, these spooky saints nowadays, they got discernment that always agrees with what their opinion was in the first place. I knew it. You'll never hear him say, oh, you know, the Lord checked me. I was wrong. It's always, I knew it. Okay. 
Bible says, you know, try the spirit by the spirit. And if the spirit is always agreeing with what you say, I'm wondering where that spirit is coming from. Ask your neighbor, who talking to you? I mean, the spirit always agree with what you say? Always? Well, I must be off. I must get, I need to get saved all over again or something because the spirit of God don't always agree with me. Most times he got to come back and check me. And I'm coming back apologizing to people. I'm wrong for how I said that. I'm sorry. Okay. Keep going. Here's the last thing that judgment does. This is this generation publicly exposed. Publicly exposed. We love to put people on blast now. And you know what's sickening is we put people on blast trying to be subliminal as if we don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, I'm not, I'm right in between that millennial and the generation right before it. I'm just right in between there. I'm like them years right in between there. And so I grew up with computers, but I didn't grow up with social media. Social media came when I was grown. So I'm right in between. And this new generation now, uh, some of us in here, we were raised with this social media stuff that we put all our feelings and expressions and everything that we feel, we pass gas, we put it on social media now, we just put it all out there. I, I'm, not, I'm not coming against that. What I am saying is this, that why is now the only way that we can deal with a person we don't like is we have to go to social media about it. I'm from the old school. Okay, let me talk. I'm from the old school. I'm from the generation that if I had a problem with you, I'm coming to talk to you. Because we got to talk face to face. Okay. But now we got a generation that, is, that has keyboard courage. And send subliminal stuff out there that they bad now because they want to put people on blast. Okay? And God is saying when you publicly expose people, what it means is you have now stepped over into judgment and you are in error. Watch this. You don't walk in discernment and put people on blast at the same time. It is impossible. Okay? Why are you trying to public ex publicly expose? You know why? Because you want vengeance. You want vengeance. You want payback. So let me put you all out there because you want payback. And when revenge is your motive, judgment is in your heart. And when judgment is in your heart, you are in sin. Grab the hand of your neighbor and say, neighbor, be healed, be delivered, and be set free. I got to go quickly. So what's discernment? Discernment. Discernment means to test, to examine, to investigate, to search out. I didn't put this on your page, but I'm going to read this. And I put this on the screen. I'm sorry. But it's Hebrews 5, 14. Is that on your page? I didn't put that on there. Hebrews 5, verse number 14. It's on the screen. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason uh, of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Discernment is to see what is good and evil. Discernment and being nosy is not the same thing. 
okay? Let me, let me say this. Amber, he had to say this to me. I'm going to say this to us as well. If the only way you can pray for me is if I have to tell you the whole story, then you don't have much of a prayer life. The only way that you're going to pray for me is I got to tell you the whole story from beginning to end. No, you want the whole story because you're going to pick up that cell phone and call somebody else with the details. Just a minute ago, I asked you to stand and ask that person, how can I pray for you? Did they give you the whole story? But you can now pray for them even without knowing the whole story. Okay, so how do we discern? Number one, write this down, examine self first. If I'm going to discern, I got to examine self first because self will make me believe stuff that ain't there. So I got to examine my heart first. 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 28. Y'all done writing? I want to make sure y'all got it. Okay, 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 28. Come on, read. Okay, so this is where, if you read the whole text, you will discover this is where uh, a communion, we just had it on Sunday. That's why I stop and I say, examine yourselves. And I say, go to God for yourself. Because the text says that everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Okay, drop down to verse number 31. Read that. If we were more discerning with regard, not to your enemy, not to your boss, not to the person you don't like, but discernment regarding yourself, we would not come under some, uh, su we would not come under such judgment. Watch this. Sometimes the judgment, the criticism, the gossip we are receiving are, is a result of a seed that we have sown. Some of the attacks we are under are nothing but the harvest of our own judgment against somebody else. So because you judge everybody else, now people turn around and start judging you. And then you're wondering, why everybody judging me? Why are you all in my business? Because you was all in somebody else's business. You're just reaping a harvest. You're just reaping a Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I need to get my love to that level where I can look at some people and say, you know what you're going through is just a harvest. You sowed that seed. I'm just tired of going through this. I ain't got no money. I'm just broke all the time. You know you sold that seed, right? You sold it in J.C. Penney's. You sold it in, in Macy's. You sold it in Juicy Crab. You sold you sold it in Juicy Crab. You sold it. You sold it in Juicy Crab. And now you're reaping the harvest of your own actions. You sold that seed of judgment against somebody else, and now it creeped up in your own life, and you mad. Ask your neighbor, you mad? Watch this. So discernment starts with examining self first. Here's the next step. Write this down. You need to check the accuracy of the facts. Not feelings. Of the facts. Check the accuracy of the facts. You ever been talking to somebody and you be like, that just don't sound right. You know, when, when the boy got jumped, Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all want me to go there? Okay. You know what I'm talking about. In Chicago. Something just didn't. 
it just didn't, it just didn't, some of y'all mad right now, it just didn't sit right. I'm just like, blizzard conditions, two o'clock in the morning in Chicago for Subway, Uber wasn't riding, I mean, but blizzard. Something didn't sound right. Everybody say, check the accuracy of the facts. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21, read that. Test all things. Test all, before you get married, test all things. Jesus, help me. Test all things. Before you get another friend, test all things. Ask the questions. Test all things. I don't understand how we get in relationship with people and we don't ask them nothing. Love just blinds you. And you don't ask them nothing. What's your credit looking like? You don't ask them nothing. The last time you've been to the doctor. You don't ask them nothing. Have, have you been to jail? Somebody say test all things. Watch this. Discernment, number one, does what? Discernment does, does what? Number two. Here's number three. Deals privately. When you got discernment, you deal with people privately, not publicly. Matthew 18, verse number 15 through 17. Y'all ready? Read. got an issue with so-and-so. Did you talk to him? No. No. Did you say something? No. That's all. I'm guilty of this, too. I think they got a problem with me. Did you ask them? No. You got to deal with them privately, alone. Watch this. Not call other people about it. Deal with them privately. When you do that, when you bring other people in it, into it, you are violating scripture. If you have not talked to them about it, you have no business talking to us about it. God, let me say that one more time. If you have not talked to them about it, you have no business talking to us about it. Let me put it like this. Here we go. Not on your, not on your page. Gossip, discussing matters with someone who is neither part of the problem or the solution. I'm going to get this off me tonight. You hear me? <laughs> I'm going to sleep good tonight because I got to get this off me. Gossip, discussing matters with someone who is neither part of the problem or the solution. <clears throat> Here we go. Slander, telling truth with the intent of hurting someone's name or reputation. Because you're just trying to keep it real. Oh, okay. What's your intent behind it? Because here's the reality. It's just God and heaven truth. Everybody in here has some truth they don't want to be told. 
Everybody in here got some truth. You just don't want to be told. We are not called to repeat it. Love covers a multitude of sins. All right. So give me my main points. Go back to number one, orange lines only. Give me my orange lines only. Number one is what? Number two. Number three. Here's number four. Now you can respond. Respond. Now. After you done did all that, now you can respond. Respond. Pastor, how do I respond? So glad you asked me. Number one, write this down. You respond in wisdom. In wisdom. Not foolishly. Wisdom. Proverbs 10, verse 31. Y'all ready to read? Come on, let's read. Okay. Underline righteous. Underline wisdom. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom. Proverbs 15, verse number 7. Read that. Underline wise, underline knowledge. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. From the mouth of the righteous come the fruit of wisdom. The lips of the wise spread knowledge. So what comes from the righteous? Wisdom. What comes from a wise person? Knowledge. Do y'all see that? Okay. These two things ought to be coming out of all of our mouths all the time. Wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. My prayer in this season is that God will surround us with people that every time they speak, they speak from a place of wisdom and a place of knowledge. That's my prayer. First, you got to have wisdom if you're going to respond. Here's number two. You got to have truth. Truth. Proverbs 17, verse number 10. Come on, read. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. fool. Watch this. A person of understanding. Catch this. Which means discernment is needed to determine if the truth can be received. Maybe I don't go at you right when you come in the house. Because you ain't ready to receive. You tired. You done had a long day. I have to have discernment to realize that I have to speak to you at the right time, not any time, or not when I want to get it off my chest. Okay? So what is more painful? Watch this. The lashes on the body compared to the pain on the soul from a convicting conversation. Okay. So some of y'all, you know, you grew up, they just had to whoop you. I mean, just had to whoop you. Just had to whoop you. They had to get you. I mean, they had to get you. They had to just get you. Tear that behind up. Tear it up. I mean, just had to get you. There's some of you, though, ain't take all that. All you needed was a good conversation. You ever had your mama talk to you or your daddy or, or grandma talk to you in such a way that you just broke down and went to crying? I mean, just completely took you apart in a conversation. Ain't had to whoop you. Just, just a conversation. Watch this. Because a conversation 
from someone that you receive in love and wisdom has more of a lasting impression and has, a, and has better consequences than any lashing that could ever happen to you. For, for me, it was my grandmother. My grandmother could talk to me, and I knew everything was going to be all right. I was wrong. I apologize. Never do it again. I ain't going to go on your candy dish ever again. My grandma, let me just go sidebar. Y'all are old school like me. You remember when they used to sell them big old long peppermints during the Christmas time? They was like that thick and they was like that long. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And my grandma used to take a hammer and you had to break it up. And then she had a, um, a table full of knickknacks. They were my army people, but there was a table full of knickknacks. And she had all these knickknacks on it. In the middle of it was a beautiful candy dish with all that chopped up, right? So she would tell me, you get one piece of candy out of there and nothing else, right? It was peppermint. One piece of candy out of there, and that's it. <laughs> but while I was playing with her little fingerings, you know, the little elephants and the lions and all that other stuff, because they were my army men, um, <laughs> I would go in the candy dish while she wasn't looking. But I didn't know mint carries. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know somebody got some mint because when they walk up on you, you can smell it. So I go around my grandmother, and she was like, did you go back in that candy dish again? Mm-mm. Open your mouth. And, and the white all on my, on my tongue. God on me. Listen here. I was scared all my life. I got saved every time I could think about it. God is not pleased. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't go back in the candy dish. Because when it's received from someone that you know has wisdom and you love, it is received a whole lot better. Watch this. I'm going to take a turn. No wonder why sometimes I preach your life never changes. Um, Proverbs 27, verse number 6. Come on, y'all ready? Read. It is better to have a friend that tell you the hard truth than somebody that try to butter you up. Watch this. Butter you up and cover up the hard things you need to hear. God said this to me. Hear this. This is for somebody in here. Stop telling people you don't care for the truth and lie to the people that you say you love. Isn't it amazing how quick we can tell the truth of people we don't like? Your attitude sucks. <laughs> but the people we love, we ignore it. We excuse it away. We never address it. Love tells the truth. Okay. Number three, write this down. Encouragement. 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 You respond with encouragement. Okay, I forgot my point for a minute. Encouragement. You respond with encouragement. Proverbs 12, verse 25. Come on, read. Proverbs 15, 
1624. If you talk to people who work in the healing profession, they will tell you that whenever a patient is surrounded by positive, optimistic, and caring people who build them up and affirm them, that that person has a much better chance of getting better uh, um, and will normally recover a lot faster. When you have a patient who is off by themselves and has no encouragement or who is surrounded by negative, critical, pessimistic people, that person will have a much harder time getting better under normal circumstances. Why? Because pleasant words literally brings life. Pleasant words literally brings life. How blessed are you if you have someone who comes alongside and uses words to lift you up? How blessed you must be. How blessed you must be to be in a church where the pastor tells you to touch your neighbor 17 times and tell you encouraging stuff. How blessed you must be. Because some of us, if you didn't have that, you would die spiritually. Watch this. This is why it bothers me so bad. I've been struggling with this all week. It bothers me so bad when I see people disconnect from the church because I see them dry up spiritually. I see that connection that they don't have because they don't have that, 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 that word that's being, that faith that's being put in them. And they dry up spiritually. My question to you and my question to, that God asked me, how many of your words this week were words of encouragement? How many of your words were words to build up? Or how many times in the last week did you find it necessary to criticize or tear down or destroy somebody with your words? Just lift one hand and say, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Here's what, he want. Here's what he wants. He wants us to become an encourager. He wants us to become an encourager, to encourage one another. Now, I want you to hear this. Hear this because I need to clarify something. I'm not going to encourage you in your bad behavior. So stop saying people ain't supporting you. It ain't they ain't supporting you. They just ain't going to support bad behavior. When you get to acting crazy, sometimes people do this. Because we got sensitive to know. I'm not going to keep recognizing that because that ain't who you are. Become an encourager. Look at your neighbor. Encourage them right now. Encourage them. Encourage them. Tell them something. Practice. I'm proud of you. God is going to do something awesome in your life. Your story ain't over. God got better for you. You coming out of whatever this is, he going to put a smile back on your face. You going to have joy in your heart. I don't care what it looks like. God still got you. Y'all still ain't with me. Is there anybody in here that say sometimes when I come to the house of God, I need somebody just to encourage me. I need somebody to lift me up. I need somebody. That's why I can't sit next to any and everybody. Watch this. That's why I refuse to sit next to somebody that's going to shut down my praise. You could sit there looking crazy in the face. I got to be somebody that's near the fire because I need to get warmed up all over again. Do y'all see that? We have to become an encourager. Number four, and I'm done. We have to make sure we respond as a witness. We have to respond as a witness. Proverbs 10, verse 21. Come on, read. The lips of the righteous nourish many. The lips of the righteous. That means that you can use your lips to help bring people to God. You can use your words to give people spiritual nourishment. 
That's what our mouths should be used for, to give people spiritual nourishment. Proverbs 11, verse 30, read. And he who wins souls is wise. That means that somebody somewhere opened their mouth and gave you the gospel. It changed your life because somebody gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have never been the same since, since somebody gave you the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, now it is your responsibility to use your mouth to give somebody else the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do y'all hear this? You are a Christian today because somebody shared the gospel with you. And now it is our job to use our mouths to share the gospel with them. Here's the problem. We can't share the gospel with them if we're always criticizing them and beating them up and judging them. We have to use our mouths to build somebody else up. Did you get something from this on tonight? All right, everybody stand. I'm done. Yes, sir. We got a question? Did I? Mm hmm. I said, <laughs> Jesus Christ, my church, Lord. Um, <laughs> the thought that came in my mind was that um, sometimes when people are talking to you, um, the problem is that uh, when they speak their words, they speak into you, and you're supposed to connect to that and be compassion, find that place in between. And the thing was, it's supposed to be without uh, it's supposed to be within, not without. So when they're talking to you, they should talk to you that it hits your spirit, but not pull down your draws. Because sometimes the only conversation that y'all have with people that you think is meaningful is always sexual. That's where my mind went. That's the only meaning conversation y'all have nowadays. It always leads to sex. And you think that sex is meaningful. So since you asked for it, that's where it went. But I was on Facebook Live, and I'll get messages in my inbox, like I always do, from somebody. <laughs> You'd be surprised who watches. Uh, uh, I get encouraging messages, and I got people that try to question stuff challenge me and stuff. God bless you. God bless your ministry. Amen. Open the book. Praise the Lord. Everybody standing. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let them speak to something deeper than that. How about that? All right. This is the Freedom Church. You know I'm going to say what I got to say. Amen. If it's in error, the Lord will check me, and I will come back to you and say, you know, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> All right? Um, I want to say uh, we want to uh, bless God for uh, Pastor James Sampson being here on tonight. Let's bless God for him being on here on tonight. He's preached here many times, blessed us many times. He ain't been here in a while. Amen. Yeah, you ain't been here in a while. You got to come. Okay. 
Can I take my praise the Lord? All right. Thank you. Amen. Um, listen, um, uh, please remember, please remember, Super Sunday is quickly approaching. We want to make sure that we pack this church, one service, 10 o'clock. Uh, make sure you are here for that service. Um, and also, parents, don't forget, the kids are going to Disney on Ice. So make sure that you, if you have not signed up for that, please do. Um, I think it's, um, is it next? No, it's April the 7th. One of them. The seven, okay, and it's twenty dollars, right? So make sure um, if you if you sign up your children to go, we want as many kids to go. The kids, the age range is four to nine, four to nine years old. So please make sure that you sign the kids up, amen, to go so they can have a good time with that, amen. Let me give you this last bit, and and I'm done. Um, um, we were going to have a birthday party for my birthday coming up next month. And we decided to change it up a little bit. Um, instead of the party that we were going to have, what we're going to do is on April the 6th. Is that that Saturday? April the 6th is a Saturday. Instead of doing the um, birthday party, we're having a spring cleaning slash birthday party here at the church. Okay? And so I'm inviting the whole church to come out to help us clean this entire church, to get some things in order, and there's some painting we need to do, there's some refurbishing we need to do, and so I need, we're going to have sign up very soon for that, so please, please sign up for that, and it's also my birthday celebration, amen, so we're going to celebrate my birthday at the same time, all right, on that Saturday, so that is going to be April the 6th at 9 a.m. Um, when the sign-up happens, please sign up. We want to make sure that we have as many people as possible to come out. And it's going to be a time of fellowship because we have a lot of new members. Um, if you were in 9 o'clock service on Sunday, I know you saw people getting up and walking out. They weren't being rude. They were going to new members class because we had seven people in new members class on Sunday. Amen. Let's bless God for that. Um, and we had two people that joined on Sunday, as a matter of fact. Amen. So we want to make sure um, that we are fellowshipping with the newer people. We want to make sure that we're engaging. If you don't know who, what somebody's name is, ask them their name. Get to know each other. Amen? Because that's the only way that we're going to really grow when we have that meaningful connection with one another. Amen? So I want us to make sure that we do that. All right? All right. That's all I had. Every head bow. Yes? Oh, first-time visitors, first-time visitors. If you visit here for the first time, just wave, just wave. Hey, hey, hey. We thank God for you being here on tonight. That must be my Aisha friend. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I saw her too. Amen. We got first time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for each and every one of you being here. We really do. We appreciate you being here on a Wednesday night. I don't take it lightly, y'all coming out on Wednesday night. I don't. After you done worked all day. And some of y'all got children to feed and homework to do and all the other stuff. I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to make sure that you are spiritually fed. So I appreciate you so very much. That's why I don't try to play with y'all on Wednesday night. I give you the real deal on Wednesday night. So I thank y'all so much. Grab the hand of your neighbor. Grab the hand of your neighbor. Amen. Don't forget, the person that you met, please pray for them this week. Please pray for them this week. Please pray for them this week. Every head bow. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We bless you, God. We thank you for what we have shared in this place on today. We thank you for the power of your word, God. Thank you for your word that changes us from the inside out, God. We bless you and honor you and thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Now, God, you opened us up on tonight. Help us with our mouth. Help us with the words that we speak, God. For life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So, God, let us speak life. Let us be encouragers, God. Let us have meaningful connections, even on our job, God. 
Let us have meaningful connections. We thank you now, God, that we're walking in your will and in your way, according to what you have said over and spoken over our lives. Give us traveling grace back to our respective places. Give us rest on tonight, God. And we thank you and praise you that if we rise in the morning, we'll rise with a praise on our lips and tell you thank you for one more chance. God, I pray right now for everyone that's sick, everyone that's going through, God. God, we know that you can handle all things. So we give it over to you now, God, that when we come through this, you will get the glory out of it. And we will have a testimony of your goodness and your grace. We honor you and we bless you for all that you're doing. Give us traveling grace back to respective places. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. Hug just one person. Tell them what? I love you for real. I love you for real.